soon, I felt I could identify the techniques he had used to create that wine. Acidulation, tannin addition, that sort of thing. I asked more directed questions. Mr. Brady was eager to tell me about his love affair with tannin adjustment and said, I like using ones from chestnut. Then he went on. I put everything in the wine at the beginning. Acid, tannin, wood chips, enzymes. That way I can take things out instead of adding them later. It's like making a rich soup. I had a vision of a mad chef throwing all sorts of ingredients into the fermenter. Then Brady started to draw molecular diagrams to illustrate the wisdom of using chestnut tannin to fix color and structure. I was too shocked to remember to ask whether he used any machines, but after I realized, of course, he at least had used reverse osmosis. After all, he told me, that way I can take things out. Oh, that soup. While Brady did not go to UC Davis, School of Enology and Viticulture to study his approach to winemaking, leaving nothing up to nature, is the industry standard. And the fact that he never questioned what is or what is not natural about his winemaking is also status quo. I had to stop and wonder, why was winemaking taught this way? Why was there a huge gap between my reality and the industry's? Why wasn't romance and artistry part of the process? Wanting to see where all this desire for control emanated from, I felt it imperative to pay a visit to the professors who teach about 90% of winemakers in the United States and plenty of winemakers worldwide. Davis has been in the business of educating winemakers in their trade for more than 100 years. I won't say there has never been an instance where I love the wine of one of their graduates, but such a case was rare. Most of the winemakers I loved learned from their father, their grandfather, or mother. Yet Davis is a reference and can lay claim to being one of the top, if not the top, wine schools in the world. I saw it essential to explore their approach to wine teaching and what they were doing that was so wrong from my perspective. Soon I was rolling my bag off the plane towards the waiting Professor Roger Bolton. Taller than I expected, he was a courtly Australian with a strong signature, a thick, almost Nietzsche-like mustache.